Welcome to Federal Insights DOD Cloud, sponsored by Microsoft. Now, here's your host, Jared Serbu. And welcome to our discussion, Rethinking Security for the DOD Cloud and Tactical Edge, sponsored by Microsoft on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Our guest today, Susie Adams, Chief Technology Officer at Microsoft Federal. And thanks for being here with us, Susie. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And the way to get into this, I think, is, you know, federal agencies have had ambitions and, and mandates and sometimes even some successes uh, adopting cloud technologies for at least as long as I've been working in this job, which is a little over seven years now. But I, I think one thing you can say about that time frame is the market's changed quite a bit, um, both in terms of how technology uh, customers want to deploy cloud technologies and in terms of the service offerings that are out there. So talk a bit about that evolution from your perspective. I mean, how has the market changed in recent years in terms of how cloud technologies work together and how a DOD organization for purposes of our discussion can realistically make use of those technologies? Sure. So I, I agree. A lot has changed um, since we first started this kind of or went on, started this journey inside uh, the government as a whole. I can remember back in 2010 uh, when GSA put out the first infrastructure as a service BPA, uh, and everybody was bidding. You know, we we bid Azure, and there's Amazon, and right, and everybody started to get into the marketplace. And then we had the email as a service BPA, and I think email is really where the federal government started to jump off into the cloud and looking at just the collaboration suite of tools and really be uh, being able to deliver dial tone for just, you know, standard everyday things that information workers need to do in the business. Uh, and that's the same thing that we're seeing with Department of Defense, right? Obviously, they're now starting uh, the adoption of email and collaboration tools with Office 365 for the Department of Defense. Uh, we have several DOD entities that are deploying today and up and live uh, in there. And now I think the trend that we're seeing is really where, where agencies are looking to uh, take that next step. And really look at moving mission-critical applications to the cloud. Um, so we've already seen the jump to lift and shift with infrastructure as a service. But now we're seeing uh, agencies really look at, how do I take advantage of things like serverless computing, uh, IoT, Internet of Things? How, how do I do things uh, differently when I, when I, and how do I take advantage of hyperscale cloud, um, for example, at the edge, Right in the disconnected world, where we traditionally would see, you know, uh, software deployed on a single device, living, you know, say for example, in a Humvee. Right? How do we actually take that that capability that's living there in a disconnected state, yet still leverage the hyperscale cloud? And I think that's really where we're at now. Is you know, how do we take advantage of this technology as we move forward? To the extent there has been hesitancy, and I think there has been some in DoD and in, in fully adopting cloud technologies. How much of it has been driven by the perception that it's it's basically an all or nothing proposition for any given application that you got to lift and drop all your email from a legacy system to the cloud, as opposed to maybe doing it doing it in pieces, taking advantage of of hybrid clouds and multi cloud type architectures. It really depends on the workload. Um, I think most agencies think of email as a complete all or nothing type of scenario. We haven't really seen too many agencies say, I want to live in a hybrid world where I have some of my email, you know, in my server capacity living on premise and some living in the cloud. They actually want to move everything to the cloud and just have dial tone uh, with a, you know, price per seat per user per month. Uh, type of environment. But on the mission critical application sides, when we start to look at uh, even infrastructure services platform, that's where we're starting to see the hybrid architectures or multi-cloud architectures really pop up. 
um, where we want to be able to extend, for example, uh, to to the edge of an application where we're pulling uh, data from a hyperscale cloud that has machine learning and big data analytics capabilities. How can I take data that I'm collecting uh, at the edge, move that data into a hyperscale cloud, do some analysis on that data, and then take the, the results and the analytics from that and quickly send that to the warfighter or to the individual in the field to make better business decisions decisions or tactical decisions. I want to put a, a pin in that tactical edge piece because we should talk quite a bit more about that later. But but let, let's go back to something you, you mentioned just a second ago, which is determining which workloads are suited here. I think there's been a recognition for a long time that some workloads are suited for the cloud and some aren't. And, and if anything, there's probably been a tendency to err on the side of saying we have to keep things in legacy environments when we maybe don't. So broadly, what's what's the right way to assess and, and bin those workloads? So, you know, what's interesting, if you think about cloud computing, most people think of the cloud, right, as it has to live outside of your data center. And the way really that Microsoft approaches this is cloud computing is a is a set of technology, Right, it's really uh, it's virtualized everything, right? From a virtual server to a virtual network to virtual storage, and the ability to take advantage of hyperscale compute. Now, hyperscale that you see in our clouds means lots of data centers to be able to expand capacity uh, whenever you need it. But to be able to take advantage of the capabilities in the cloud that perhaps aren't hyperscale, but still leverage some of those cloud capabilities on-premise is really where Microsoft is focused. So for example, we have a product called Azure Stack, which is a converged appliance that takes some of the engineering uh, and the innovation that we have inside our Azure cloud and extends that to a converged device that you can run on-premise in either a disconnected or a connected state. So you can take advantage of things like platform as a service and infrastructure as a service at a scale that suits your need, but on-premise. And so what we're really trying to do is, is kind of marry those two worlds so that when we look at workloads uh, that have data that perhaps has to live uh, behind a firewall or has to live at the tactical edge, that you can do that but that you can still take that data and then leverage hyperscale computing capabilities like machine learning, big data analytics, uh, and a variety of other capabilities in the cloud when you need it and easily move that data back and forth um, to, to, for, to, to, for, for uh, tactical advantage. So yeah, let, let, let's actually talk about tactical for a minute now, because going back to what you said a second ago in the consumer world, I think we've all been trained to think about cloud. The way we've been trained to think about cloud is that your data doesn't live on your desktop anymore. It's not necessarily being processed there anymore. It's in the cloud. So that, of course, depends on reliable, robust network connectivity, which you certainly cannot count on in a tactical environment. So what does it mean to think about using a cloud when you're in a degraded environment or, or you should at least be counting on denied or degraded communications? So I think there's actually there's there's kind of two challenges with network uh, connectivity to the cloud. Uh, the first is is as you state with if I'm at the tactical edge and I only have satellite comms, uh, and those comms are extremely limited, how do I know that I'm going to get the right data uh, to the hyperscale cloud and get the the right analytics back, right? So I can make that informed decision. And what we've been able to do is kind of use uh, techniques like store and forward. Uh, message queuing, right, and secure communications that you're actually uh, securing that data as you send it back and forth uh, in kind of a disconnected state um, to be able to leverage the comms that you do have when you have them. And so there are ways uh, that we can we can do that today um, and do that in a secure manner. The second challenge uh, is really when we think about taking advantage of hyperscale cloud, 
um, historically, the way that agencies, whether you're a civilian agency and you're using the trusted internet connection or you're a DOD uh, entity and you're using the CAP, the cloud access point, is through this kind of single, uh, the single choke point um, where we're running things like on the trusted internet connection, Einstein devices, right, to actually look at NetFlow data, analyze that NetFlow data. Uh, and that really, um, that that type of technology really doesn't lend itself well to hyperscale cloud. And so what we're seeing now across the federal space, uh, especially in the Department of Defense and uh, with the IT the new IT modernization report, is an increased focus on how do we look at this differently, right? Is NetFlow data the only thing we really need to look at, or do we need to look at security in a much different fashion as we start to extend our edge beyond uh, our traditional data center walls, right, where we have guards and gates and guns, and we know, you know, we used to just disconnect from the internet, and we thought everything was great. Well, now we've extended that edge um, to this virtual world that consists of devices, right, running almost anywhere, to uh, converged devices uh, running in any data center, in a vehicle, uh, to hyperscale clouds in a multi-cloud environment. And so how do you manage that virtual digital estate uh, and look at security differently. And I think that's really where we're at right now um, from a federal industry perspective. Well, as you say, it, it, my understanding of the current rules, at least, is that cloud access point is really your only option if you're dealing with four level four or level five data, is, even, yeah. even though the department is looking at alternatives. Given the state of current technology, what might some of those alternatives be? What are, what are, what are better ways to do this rather than funneling everything through a single pipe? So one of the things that we've been doing is really trying to to um, help our customers understand how we look at security today when we manage our own cloud infrastructure, right, in our own data centers for our customers. And so when we look at this, it's really, you know, it's really a question of what signal do you want to collect, right, to be able to identify that there that something bad has happened. Right? And before we we were kind of limited in the amount of data we could actually process as humans. Right. But now, introducing hyperscale cloud, you can actually look at large and vast amounts of data and see data correlations that you'd never be able to see before very quickly. And so the idea uh, that in, in what we do internally uh, and what we're extending now to our customers is the ability to collect all this signal, not just from the network or the physical device layer, but from the application layer. Who logged in where and when? What applications did they access? Right? What data did they access? Take all that signal, right? all that telemetry, put it in a single large data store, and then do data analysis on that so that you can get a better uh, operational picture of what your security posture is across your virtual estate. And so when we look at you know, CAP and trusted internet connection capabilities, we were really focused on physical assets, right? the physical network. What am I seeing in NetFlow data? We weren't really looking at did Susie log in with a valid CAC card, right, uh, or PIV card from the same location, or maybe multi or, or multi-factor authentication from two different locations, right, that are physically impossible, meaning that my identity's been compromised, but it's a valid identity uh, from two different locations, physically impossible, uh, and access data. We'd never be able to look at that or, or even even find that anomaly before, and now we can quickly be alerted. Right. We, literally by just setting up configuration in an application and then have policies that actually lock me out right away. And so just to make sure I understand everything you're saying, right, all those all those security functions that you're describing at that point are then sort of baked into the cloud architecture itself or handled as an aspect of the cloud architecture itself instead of this third access point that we've told ourselves we can trust. 
in a, in a way, there's always third-party products that can be either hosted in the cloud, right, or or uh, deliver additional security capabilities uh, on top of what any cloud provider can deliver. Um, so, for example, you know, right now we've invested heavily in a number of security companies uh, and actually purchased a number of those. Uh, for example, Cloud App Security, a company called Adalom. The ability to actually bring uh, those capabilities into our cloud is something we're heavily invested in. Uh, but we're not going to ever say that we're the security company. We want to be a security company and offer our customers the ability to manage that virtual estate, but then also give our customers the ability to use the best of breed security products hosted in our cloud or hosted on-premise in their data center. All right, we're going to take a short break here and we're going to talk some more about security in the cloud when we come back. Our guest today, Susie Adams, Chief Technology Officer at Microsoft Federal. I'm your moderator, Jared Serbu, on our discussion, Rethinking Security for the DoD Cloud and Tactical Edge, sponsored by Microsoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Here's Lee Madden, General Manager, U.S. Department of Defense at Microsoft. Today, events move faster than ever. Our military forces need the edge only technology can deliver. Microsoft Azure is the U.S. government-exclusive cloud built for mission speed. Microsoft brings powerful capabilities like analytics and AI to help the DoD turn data into insights and take immediate action. Microsoft data centers provide world-class security for the military's vital resources from the Pentagon to the tactical edge. Visit azure.com slash mission cloud. Welcome back to our discussion, Rethinking Security for the DoD Cloud and Tactical Edge, sponsored by Microsoft on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Our guest today is Susie Adams, Chief Technology Officer for Microsoft Federal, and I'm your moderator, Jared Serbu. And, and Susie, let's pick up uh, the discussion we were starting to have on, on cloud security just before we took the break. And, and you mentioned virtual estate and, and that DoD needs to start to look at things differently. Why? Tell me why we need to look at things differently. So when we look at when we look at where we're going just as an industry today uh, and and you know the challenges there before you know when we looked at protecting our assets we were really protecting our assets that lived in our data center we knew you know where our data lived we knew the configuration of our machines we could touch them right we could go in and turn them on and off we could disconnect from the internet right? in this new world that we live in um, it really is a virtual estate where you're connecting to devices that could live anywhere, to, to applications that might live in, in any cloud. Um, and now your virtual estate, you, know, you have to manage all that. How do you know what's happening in each of these environments? How do you collect telemetry from each of these environments? And then how do you make sense of that telemetry to know if something bad is happening? And so when we look at this new world, really the security paradigm has changed, right? So the new security paradigm really is all about identity, right, as the new firewall, and devices as the new edge. And we say identity as the new firewall because if you can uh, protect your data and secure your data so that only known people with valid identities right, can access it, and you've kind of solved your challenge of protecting your digital estate because now you're protecting the data regardless of where that lives, right? whether regardless of the device it lives in, Right? And as long as that, that particular person has a valid credential and it's a multi-factor credential, right, you, should be, you, you should feel good about the, the protection of that data. And that's a very, uh, I, I will say that most security professionals, when you talk like this, uh, get extremely nervous. Right? They want to physically hold it. They want to look at that network, and, uh, that network uh, telemetry and NetFlow data. Uh, they want to be able to read those reports. And what we're telling them to do is say, look, this is a whole new world. You're going to have to get this, the, all the telemetry and all the signal 
from all these sources and applications and then use these the big data analytics and machine learning capabilities of hyperscale cloud to help you manage right this world. And that CISO nervousness that you mentioned, I think, is based largely on the fact that you're putting a lot of your eggs there in the identity basket. So you've got to have very high level of a uh, very high level of assurance in whatever identity me- mechanism you're using. So are we there yet where we can have that level of confidence? I, I think we are. Um, you know, when you look at uh, how people manage identity today, um, most people are have are using uh, Active Directory, Windows Active Directory, uh, and we've extended that capability into the cloud with Azure Active Directory. And so now, uh, you know, most of our customers, when they uh, begin to use cloud services, actually keep their directory, uh, their authoritative directory on premise, and then they federate to the cloud uh, to Azure Active Directory, and then from there. Uh, they can be assured that the the authoritative directory and credentials actually live on premise uh, and behind their firewall, but but yet that when they're using the cloud service, uh, they're using those credentials in a secure fashion to access their their data, regardless of where it lives. And so I think we are there. Uh, I think the challenge is, you know, helping people and uh, security folks understand kind of the differences right, and managing that world. Um, and some of the you know unique differences are you now have access to a lot of application level data. For example, I think uh, the the example I gave in the earlier segment where how do you know if somebody logged on to a system to an application uh, from two different countries within ten minutes of one another, right? With valid credentials, if you can track that and be notified of that and set policy that says, Susie, I, I saw that Susie logged on from these two countries. It's impossible. I'm going to automatically remove her access to all systems. I'm going to automatically wipe all her devices right? and then tell her to contact, you know, the help desk. Um, these things are real capabilities today. This isn't, you know, rocket science. That is something that's 20 years out. Um, th- these capabilities exist today. And I think uh, what we're seeing now is, in the, especially in the federal and the DOD space, is people really start to look at these technologies um, and try to uh, incorporate them into their environments. And, and obviously we know that the Defense Department is looking for a successor to its common access card as sort of the, the master credential that people use. In whatever that success, successor technology ends up being, what, what, what needs to factor in to enable all of, all of the capabilities that you just talked about? Absolutely. It's no secret that, you know, having a, a CAT card uh, attached to your phone really isn't convenient yeah. to be able to access critical data or to any device, whether you're in the field or otherwise, to do this. And derived credentials are really uh, the solution to this problem. And there are a variety of different uh, uh, technologies out there for derived credentials. But, uh, for example, Microsoft supports uh, a variety of different derived credentials. And so we, we are, uh, you know, our goal really is to get rid of the password altogether. Um, if you look at where we're going, there's been many articles on do we really need passwords anymore with that cheat sheet with all your different passwords somewhere. Um, you know, I think the the answer is, you know, no, we need to move away from passwords. We need to move away from just having a physical card that you have to insert into a card reader. And we really need to take advantage of derived, creden- derived credential capabilities on the variety of different device platforms out there. And it's not just a, a Microsoft technology. This is something that's being adopted by all the major uh, hardware and software vendors. This is something that I think, though, that, that people who have gotten used to the cat card have their cat card have difficulty wrapping their minds around. If I don't have a physical token and a pin, then this is the thing that tells me that it tells tells the IT system that I really am me. What replaces that that level of assurance? Could be a phone. Could be uh, it, it could be your fingerprint. It could be your voice. 
All right. If we look at all the different technology that's out there, for example, today, uh, if I go and access my email, um, it will make me multi-factor authenticate. And instead of just calling me, we used to we purchased a company called Phone Factor years ago, calling me, right, and and having me respond with a code, um, like and you do with RSA. Uh, it now asks me for my thumbprint. Right? And so when we look at those types of technologies, obviously, right, depending on the sensitivity of the data, some of these technologies would not be appropriate. Uh, but the capability exists uh, and it exists today. And so I think what we're seeing now, if you look at NIST uh, putting out guidance for derived credentials uh, across the board in the civilian space and now DOD looking at how do we leverage uh, derived credentials and how do we do so depending on the, class, uh, the classification of the data, I, I think we're going to see uh, the adoption of derived credentials across the board. Uh, in the federal government become mainstream probably in the next several years. And that's a good segue to talk a little bit more about the tactical environment that we were getting into a little bit earlier, because the cat card is not a great solution for that. I mean, trying try to get a replacement cat card in the middle of Afghanistan uh, when you're locked out of your machine or your cat card is broken. All of the technologies that you just talked about yeah, are, are, are are much more suitable to that, especially when you may be accessing multiple clouds in that uh, on that tactical edge. So when we talk about multiple clouds, um, we, we're seeing this across the board already. People are using Salesforce, they're using Amazon, they're using Azure, they have Office 365, they have data that's hosted behind their firewall, right? A lot of people call, uh, you know, we look at the definition of hybrid cloud, the definition of multi-cloud. Really, the world we live in is going to cons consist of data behind your firewall living on traditional systems, data on converged systems, right, like an Azure stack, data in, in Azure, data in Salesforce, in Amazon, right, in Office 365, in Google, right, we're going to see these digital estates grow based on the particular solutions uh, leveraging the best of breed capabilities in each of the clouds. And this is just reality. I mean, if you look, I think Gartner and a few other analysts have put white papers out on this saying this is where the industry is going. This is not something that's specific to the, the federal government. This is where industry is you know, going as, as a whole. And so what I think you're going to see is the ability to be able to manage these environments. And that's really what's missing right now. How do I manage my virtual digital estate that consists of, you know, solutions running in all these clouds? How do I know what's going on in Amazon and Azure and in Office 365 on-premise all at once in a single pane of glass? And that's really the, the, the part that's missing here. And I think this is where all these security tools that are taking advantage of the hyperscale uh, and uh pieces of the cloud and machine learning and big data analytics are really going to help right? the adoption of the multi-cloud kind of approach to things. And I, I really don't think it's that far away. I, I really think that in the next two years, you're going to see an explosion of the capabilities to be able to manage those types of digital estates. So the interesting thing about everything you just said is you're describing it as, as this is really a permanent state of affairs where for the foreseeable future, people are going to be operating in multiple clouds. It's not a waypoint to some other end state uh, until you're ready to migrate everything into a single cloud platform. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I mean, if it goes back to the, you know, to the years where people would say, I really am not going to put all my eggs in one basket. You know, now, you know, we all know that there's only going to be there are only a few hyperscale cloud providers that are out there today. And it's difficult uh, for a new one to enter the market because of the amount of capital that's needed to actually do so. Right. So I really think that what you're going to see people do is is leverage the best of breed technologies uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, use the competition card to uh, get other folks to, you know, to, to try to get there to grab their business.
And as far as weaving all of those clouds together, does that need to be done by government expertise, which seems like something the government would need to grow? Or do you envision that being more of a managed service that another contractor provides? Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think there needs to be an understanding uh, by the federal workforce of how this works, what tools to use, how do you manage your your virtual estate, how do you secure your virtual estate, um, how do you look at the different telemetry capabilities of each of the clouds that are out there, uh, how do you uh, how do you judge the security capabilities of each of the providers? Um, but I do think that uh, a, a big role for the systems integrator community is going to be helping federal agencies manage those digital estates, and then I think that you're also going to see the tools, like I said, really explode to be able to do this. Uh, and to help not only you know federal government agencies, but the industry as a whole manage this new world we live in uh, and do it in a very different fashion than we're doing today. You don't have to name specific clients if you don't want to, but I'm always interested in anecdotes. Are, are there are there customers in DoD that you've worked with that have started down this path a little bit and started to, to weave oh, together some of these multi-cloud I, Across the board, I, I don't think you can name a single entity that is only using one commercial cloud. Mm-hmm. I can't off the top of my head. Whether it's they're using Office 365 in Amazon, or they're using Salesforce, or they're they have some things in Google. But the question is, right? are they playing together, or are they just doing discrete, different things? Uh, you know, um, completely unrelated mission spaces. You know, I think from an architecture perspective, you're probably not going to see a single mission critical app leverage two or three clouds at the same time, and for a variety of different architecture reasons. Uh, how are you going to talk? You know, that could be a lot of network chatty cattiness going across, which costs money. Right? And so from an architecture perspective, I think at an application le- level, it's probably not completely practical to leverage multiple clouds, although we have seen some apps where it completely makes sense to do so. Um, so I think you need to look at it an application by application basis. But aside from you know each application, I think there's no reason that data can't live in multiple clouds or applications or agencies can't take advantage of the capabilities of multiple clouds uh, to better meet their mission. And Susie, just to wrap us up here, you've, you've said a couple times throughout our conversation that a lot of the technologies and capabilities that we've been talking about are are within a year or two away. Where do you see DOD specifically going in the next couple of years? Well, I think, you know, when we look at the capabilities today, the capabilities are absolutely there today to do a lot of what I talked about uh, right now. I mean, I think the the tools that will come about are how do you actually manage this digital virtual estate as it grows. Um, There are tools out there today to help you do this, but I think you're going to see an explosion in those tools. We're really excited that DOD has decided to accelerate their, their move to the cloud. Um, We think that uh, there's absolutely no reason they can't move uh, even mission critical apps uh, to the cloud today. Uh, We see industries like the financial industry uh, doing that, the banking industry on a global basis um, and so we really think that it is it is a great time uh, for DoD to accelerate. I think the the pieces of this that really need to to uh, evolve is how do we actually take hyperscale computing, right? That's happening in a in a cloud data center and leverage those capabilities so that we can give better informed data to the warfighter and at that tactical edge. And I think that's the exciting part of this. How do we use technologies like Internet of Things, machine learning, big data analytics, to be able to increase the capabilities of the warfighter, right? Almost real time. 
uh, using a variety of the new technologies and do so in a secure manner. And I think that's really, uh, I think the what this is, this acceleration of the cloud is really going to help DoD with long term. All right, that's a good place to leave it. I want to thank our guest Susie Adams, the Chief Technology Officer at Microsoft Federal, for joining us on our program, rethinking security for the DoD cloud and tactical edge. Thanks a lot for doing this, Susie. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And I'm Jared Serbu on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search DOD Cloud. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights, DOD Cloud, sponsored by Microsoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. The entire program can be found on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search DOD Cloud.